This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are back on, well, you're on Joy 94.9, Australia's only LGBTIQA+. We can't miss letters, can we, boys? No. There's only one alphabet. There's only... (laughs) One English one. Is there... uh, (laughs) But we have some very, very special guests in the studio. VidCon is coming up this week, or it's passed already, depends what show you're listening to this on. (laughs) Very exciting. Depends on which timeline you've chosen. Which, (laughs) yeah, or maybe you're listening to this, like, way in the future, and this has already happened, and you're looking at all the videos of... All of the conferences and everything. Everything. Very exciting. We've got two featured creators, I think, very excited. Aussie-based. We love that representing us at VidCon here in Melbourne. We've got AJ Clementine and Megan Dykeman. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Okay. Personally, being the millennial I am, YouTube has been a huge, huge part of going up and just experience online life and culture. Can you guys relate? When did you tell me about when you first discovered YouTube, started watching it? kind of stuff well like i discovered it in high school it's probably like around 14 like 15 actually probably like 14 uh-huh. and um i just remember it being somewhere where it was like lots of weird like animal videos and like cat videos and like lots of like memes back then the classics um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then um, i discovered like the community channel and um mm-hmm. shane dawson and from that moment i just realized i was like creators on there and they're making these like contents like little music videos and like from there i feel like it just kind of changed and like people started to jump on and they realized that they could like create content themselves and anyone could really have a show of their own yeah. 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 The first person I watched was Jenna Marbles. So oh, that's yes. that's me done. <laughs> um yeah, and I'm very much the same. Like the first couple of things I saw was just like memes and funny animal videos and stuff and it's completely changed now. People put their whole lives on there. But yeah, that was definitely the beginning for me. <laughs> Did you ever feel that you could make a career out of it? Like do you think that there was ever like that when you first started watching YouTube like, yeah, you can make a living out of this. I can make a career here. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't think that people did that for a living. I didn't put much thought into it. And obviously maybe back then they didn't really. They kind of just did it for fun. And now it's like people's full-time jobs, which is insane. So, yeah. yeah. Now, you guys are very interesting, amazing letters of our alphabet. <laughs> AJ is dear, formerly open trans YouTuber. What has, and I've, I've looked on your channel, I've been on it quite a bit. You've been really open about your journey from the beginning What's possessed you to make your life uh, typically really hard for a lot of trans people so public and open for everyone to see? Yeah, I mean, like, I was in high school when I was kind of making videos and Mm -hmm. it was very, like, surface level. I didn't really talk about myself or, like, um, anything really sharing of, like, what I was going through. I kind of realized that there wasn't really anybody else talking about trans-related things. So I kind of, like, took some time to build up the confidence in order to be like, hey, like, this is a space that is needed. There isn't really any representation or visibility that's, mm-hmm. like, outside of America being really portrayed yeah, when right. it comes to trans mm-hmm. people. Um, and, like, I felt like it was just time to just show someone. I think it was just time to show a different story. And, like, whether it was going to, like, mean anything to anybody, I just thought, like, why not? And um, obviously it was kind of like overwhelming in the sense of sharing so much public things but once I started seeing that it was helping people come Mm -hmm. to terms with who they are 
I kind of realized that that's something that I needed as well. And if I did have that like good representation and visibility, then I would have understood that I was trans earlier on. It would have saved me so much more like um, heartache and all that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that just came that. like yeah. second nature. And I just was like, you know what? Like if I can do it and I could be a voice, then like, you know, it's, this yeah. is gonna be what I'm gonna do. That's amazing. And you said that like by helping people, have, obviously people sending you amazing like messages and stuff like that are people sending you videos and have you have you facetime any like people or how, yeah what's that? i mean like i get like emails and so many different stories of how people have come to terms not with only being transgender but like their sexuality as well within the community mm-hmm. and just like hearing all these different walks of lives it's like it inspires me to continue to um like talk about not only my experiences but share what other people are going through as well and try and incorporate that in like an artsy um creative way in my videos um but like there was one moment actually in the first um vidcon when i was a featured creator was someone's um mother came up to me and was like in tears and was just like um like thanking me for just providing information that she couldn't reach like to have her understand like gender dysphoria in a whole nother light and actually understand what her son was going through yeah she was just in awe so um yeah i I hold that like close to me today i can never really explain Mm. what that feels to somebody like have someone else's like mother like cry and like just thank you for providing something so like dear to her yeah um which is just like yeah it's crazy and i just like kind of think that's the reason why i do things um, and then I got to meet her son as well um, a few days later. I think oh. it was the last day of VidCon, and, like, he was just so sweet. And, um, yeah, and it was just one of those things that, like, like I assumed that it was mostly, like, maybe trans girls watching uh, my right. videos because, like, that's an experience that they could kind of relate to. Um, but the fact that just, like, all trans people can relate to the same kind of feelings, like, obviously yeah. it's opposite. But, um, yeah, it was just that in itself and then also people who are not even within the lgbtqi plus community just like having like thanking me for the knowledge and giving um them an understanding on how to treat their friends their family and just give another um insight to the way that these people are feeling which because they never had that before they're just having these quick little stories or these um negative kind of looks on a transgender's like transition um so yeah, it was kind of like, I didn't realize it was having that much of an effect on people. Yeah. So um, there was no doubt that I felt like I need to like delve in a little bit more and mm-hmm. like share a bit more of like what it's like and different ways to convey like gender dysphoria and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Can I ask that, you know, obviously from what we're hearing, um, you're someone of a role model to this younger generation or just people a little bit younger than you, maybe even older. But um, was there someone that, you looked up to or maybe helped you along your journey? Yeah, so um, there was actually a moment when I was in high school, I was like really struggling to pay attention in school and like I was really falling back and I stopped like doing things that wasn't necessarily things, like I stopped doing things that weren't like me. Um, So like my English teacher at the time like just slipped a little news article of um, Kim Petras, who is like an amazing uh-huh. pop singer right now. Um, <laughs> mm. Yeah, she's just so amazing. And actually got to meet her this year in March at Mardi Gras. And oh. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Literally in tears. I just got to thank her for like, she actually changed 
my life, like her story, like made me realize that it was possible for like people like me to go through like sexual reassignment surgery. And that was actually an option. I never knew that that was a thing. Wow. Um, but my English teacher just showed me that and I read it, I took it home and it was just about, um, cause she was the youngest trans woman to receive um, sexual reassignment surgery at the age of 16. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time I was like 17. So I was like, holy crap, like this is an option. This is actually something that's like, whether it's not an option here, I didn't know if it was available in Australia, but I was just like, at least I knew and it gave me hope. Um, So from that point onwards, I knew like I needed to transition. Um, And at the time you had to go to like family court in order to start hormone replacement therapy under the age of 18. So like that thought was a bit scary. So I kind of was just like, I can wait out until I'm 18. Like it's not that much of a big deal. Mm. Um, But like, thankfully that's not really an option anymore that that law was lifted um, a year or so ago. Yes, Victoria. So that's amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, Kim Petras, I just, I can't believe you don't really think that you get a moment to tell people that have helped you. Um, like yeah. I can kind of like see when people say that to me, I get a moment with them. I'm like, I was about to make that yeah. comparison. <laughs> you speaking to her when you met her Mardi Gras is what those people at VidCon are doing with you. Absolutely. Doesn't yeah. that blow your mind? Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like passing on like the yeah. totem pole of yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like over this hidden respect or just like understanding. Um, like same kind of way with like how like I documented like my sexual reassignment surgery mm-hmm. and um, how I put that video online. Like I had a few trans girls reach out in Melbourne saying that they're going through with the surgery as well. Um, and then like they would like they'd tell me the date that they're going in, all that kind of stuff like that. And I'd like go and visit them oh, in the wow. hospital. Um, and they just really appreciated that little, like, the fact that there's a video like that, and it's like one of the most detailed experiences of something like that. Yeah. Um, and like that in itself was like so much for them. But um, yeah, I think it's just like, it's one of those things that like, it doesn't need to be like, hidden and like chucked under the rug. Like we need to be able to express things, express these things like openly and like trans people shouldn't have to be like feel afraid to like open up and talk Mm. about how they feel because I feel like that's where it's like at fault like the fact of trans people have taught to like be like it's okay like I have to deal with this alone when like you don't like yeah that's the powerful like the internet obviously it's so good and so bad in many ways but I reckon that's one of the big perks of it like it just brings such small groups together and to be a big powerful group and I love that for everyone wholesome content right there yeah (laughs) now Megan Yes. bit different, mm-hmm. but also very niche. I yeah. got to say, uh, the ratio of bisexual YouTubers is very, like, alarmingly small. small. <laughs> um, it's tiny. I know, like, gay, you, gay people have, like, taken over YouTube almost. But when you think of bi, it's like, oh, and you're trying to count them on one hand. Yeah, and you, you probably can't. can. There's yeah. probably, like, only five. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it links back to, like, society values and stuff and how we kind of demonize bisexuality and even the internalized, like, phobia within yeah, the bi-phobia. LGBT. Yeah, Yeah. It's bad. Why do you think... It's 2019. Why are we... Like, I feel like it can't be an issue anymore. Why do we think it still is? I honestly don't know. I don't know why it's so bad, like, in the community as well. Mm. I personally haven't experienced it, but I've had people come to me and, like, message me and stuff and say that they're struggling with that and having people say that. Or um, parents that don't – they just don't see it. They don't view it as an actual sexuality. They're like, oh, you're confused. Or, like, it's it's a phase. Like, it's not a real thing. And it is. And, yeah, I think dismissing that hurts people a lot. And I get it. 
Um, I just don't, yeah, even maybe people outside of the community, like it's not fair, but within, I just don't, like everyone's gone through their own struggles. I don't understand why You've it got still to, exists. You, yeah. You've got to yeah. take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like even saying things that it's like, oh, it's a phase, and all that. Everyone in the community knows those words and knows how harmful they are. Yeah. So why is this? Oh, why is it the thing? It's Honestly, I, yeah, I don't know. If we had to say something to those people, off the top of our heads, what would we say? I'm looking at everyone right now. What would you? The biggest thing I would say is like when people say, "Oh, how do you know?" Like people, because you obviously don't have to experience things with other people to know that you're bi you can know that without anything you can just know wholeheartedly your sexuality like when people say well how do you know then it's like if if a straight person has never had a boy like if a straight cisgendered female has never had a a boyfriend how does she know that she's straight if she's never had a boyfriend that's sort of the argument that i always put Yeah. yeah put forward because it's simple it's like okay well if it's a phase for me why isn't it a phase for you like yeah. I mean, B is the third letter in LGB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yada, yada, yada. Like, there's, it's, it's a big letter. It's there. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cancel culture. It's a big deal. It, it's, it's, I feel like it's spiked within the last year. Everyone oh, loves, they thrill, they get the popcorn, they, yeah. they're ready for it, especially YouTube is the prime source of this. Yeah. What are our thoughts on cancel culture? Scary. Mm. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's like this it just came out of nowhere and people yeah. kind yeah. of started it off as like a joke but then like I don't think people realise how harmful it is yeah. Yeah. but like I can see the internet kind of like changing it now like there's this thing going around like recycle culture like people are going to put them in the recycle bin like we're not going to deal with them right now but like yeah. we'll have them come back a bit later like they've done something bad but like we're not going to fully cancel them, fully. them. Yeah. so I think that's kind of using something in a positive kind of way yeah. but um yeah, I feel like, but like when you look at it, everyone that people have like cancelled online mm. have kind come back and like yeah. they well, like yeah. James Charles regained yeah. all of those followers he lost. He's yeah. back up there now. Yeah, like. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like there's always like yeah. Melanie Martinez. Like she just yeah. came back with a new music, but she was supposedly cancelled. Yeah. Like so, yeah. it's like mm. Tanner after the Tanner concert. Oh yeah, Barkle, t- she's yeah, back yeah. up and living. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. exactly. And I think the hardest part about cancel culture is like every single person on youtube is just a human like anyone else like no Mm. one's perfect people are going to make mistakes and even if some of them aren't fully like some of them are awful it's kind of like you've everyone's made mistakes before and it's kind of hard that just because you're on a platform um, and if you say the wrong thing or if you do something that uh, that maybe you shouldn't have done you can do one thing and then be fully cancelled and it's kind of harsh i guess but um i think that's just part of being online yeah AJ, Megan, it has been a pleasure. We are so excited to see you at VidCon at the end of this week. Or it was at VidCon 2019, <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> in the future. <laughs> uh, they've got YouTube channels, heaps of subscribers. Go check them out. Very, very exciting. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, so much. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.